All right, welcome back, Art World. It is your girl Lisa um, across from me, Miss Art World. What's up? And we are here at the Brewery Artist Lofts in uh, downtown Los Angeles with the one and only Christine Shoemaker. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh my God, thank you for coming on. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> so Lisa and I were talking about how we wanted to ask Christine, uh, like maybe what episode two. But yeah. we were too scared. Too scared. Christine's yeah. uh, to us is a rock star. Yeah, she's on a pedestal. Oh my so. gosh. We were like, no, no, we'll wait, we'll wait. Yeah. And then we gotta wait. one day I just got brave and I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to ask her. Yeah. And then she grace, gratefully, gracefully? Gracefully. Gracefully? Gracefully. Uh, we were accepted. grateful of her grateful, grace. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and now we're here. And it's like, I have you on a pedestal because of, like, all the amazing performance art you do. So, you know. Yeah. But thank you. Thank you. So, Christine is uh, amazing. Um, And I got this from Facebook, so correct Uh me if it's wrong. But uh, she's the director of Shoebox Projects, the director of Shoebox PR, which is her uh, PR company. Um, She's also an independent curator an artist herself, um, magazine publisher for Art and Cake, and I think that's it, that's, right? That's hardly it. That I, is, I know. You there are was a, one more thing. Like, I don't know how you get through like your day. That sounds like so much work. I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing how um, diverse you are in the art world. So yeah. not only are you an artist, but you also are so business-minded to have your own PR company and be in art publishing. I find that super impressive. Absolutely. You know, I was lucky. um, I worked in an emergency room, and I was in the medical field most of my life. And so I did different jobs as far as, like, registration and billing. And so I have, like, both that right and left brain mentality. And I think that helps keep me organized. Well, as organized as I can be. But... You know, it helps with the administrative part of what yeah. I do. So even though I hated working in the medical field, you know, I, I'm thankful for the, you know, the experience it brought me in to be able to do what I do now. Yeah. So, cause you know, that's exactly why I do it. Like shoebox PR, you know, I have the experience and I'm able to organize and to look at different ways of seeing things where, you know, a lot of artists can't. And mm-hmm. so, luckily, I'm able to bring that experience to them. It's, Keep, <clears throat> uh, it's we really, all have to we all, I know, I just have to say, it's amazing, though, because, um, so when we first started out, we were like, okay, we have to have, like, an Instagram, um, and she was editing one of our episodes, so I was on the Instagram, I was like, hey, you know, have you heard of Art and Cake, or Art, or, yeah, Art and Cake LA, mm-hmm. and she was like, yeah, that's Christine's, I was like, Christine does this, too? Like, I was shook, like, I'm brand new here, and I was like... How? Like, my mind's blown. (laughs) You know, like, I always say, do as I say, do, don't, or how's the saying? Do as, um, I say, say not not as as I do. do. Yes. Don't do as I do. (laughs) Because I I just, like, I don't know whether it's my addictive personality or I just, like, jump into things. Yeah. Um, I also have my degree in art history. Okay. And so I, I've taught art history at uh, Antelope Valley College and Pasadena City College. And I love being part of the art conversation. And so that's one of the reasons I started Art and Cake, was I just saw that there wasn't, or there weren't that many publications 
um, for contemporary art in Los Angeles. You know, there's some great ones. There's artillery mm -hmm. and, you know, art scene and um, Art Limited was around at the time, but then they closed down and fabric and so, but we need more. I mean, there's, there's so many more artists out here that need to be um, represented. I mean, not by galleries, but just like talked about, mm -hmm. you know, they're, part, they're creating amazing work and I wanted to be part of that. And so, like, I have this list that I wrote down, and it's literally titled Everything That's on My Plate. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I can add another one. <laughs> and actually, I've been going through it lately, and I'm like, okay, what can I take off my plate? And I've thought, I'm like, how much longer can I sustain Art and Cake? Because yeah. it's expensive. And because I pay my writers. And I'm like, no, it's needed. I need to keep it going. So um, it's, you know, I'm, I'm having fun with it. Mm -hmm. I really am. It's, you know, I'm learning. I'm actually doing it also because I can't get to all these openings. Yeah. I can't see all these artists and meet them. So I'm able to, like, delegate <laughs> and send my writers to these places. And That's awesome. I can read what they write about the shows. And so I'm learning just from all of that information coming in. Mm-hmm. So. And you're at tons of things. Every time I go out, like you're there yeah. at an opening or... I try. And, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm human, so I feel guilty when I don't mm -hmm. go someplace. But, I mean, I've basically had that nasty cold going around since, like, December 27th. And I've missed a lot. Even though, like, luckily with social media, it's easy to make it look like you're yeah. out there. <laughs> but... I tried to get to as much as I can, mm -hmm. and and I try not to feel guilty if I don't make my friends' shows, um, but I can't, you know? I need, like, two or three or four different clones to be able to do it, but, but it's still, I try to get to as much as I can. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about your history, like, where you came from and your degrees and... Yeah, um... Oh, gosh. Well, um, <laughs> I always tell the story that um, I, not that I knew I wanted to make art my career, but I realized later that I was kind of always an artist. I used to take those, um, and I'm 46, so I think I'm probably older than you girls. <laughs> um, when I was like six, my parents used to let us drink soda. And the bottles of soda, um, like Pepsi, which was my dad's drink, they had these foam labels. And when you tore off the label, like I'd be sitting in the back of his truck, when you tore off the label, it came off in these curly cues, kind of like when you peel an orange, mm -hmm. you know, with like a peeler. And so when we were done drinking, I would take those curly cues and stick them inside the bottle and call it pop art. Oh, I have cute. no that's idea cool. yeah. where... I learned what pop art was or yeah. even the term, but I did it. And to this day, I wish I still had some. Yeah. I, you know, I'm sure I threw them away, but I'm like, I want to find a bottle just so I could do that. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> of course, if you ask my mom, you know, I colored on the walls and yeah. stuff like that. But um, my grandparents had like coffee table books of like Norman Rockwell and Maxfield Parrish and, you know, all of those artists. And um, so I was kind of surrounded by that art. And then, um, I, you know, I went to, actually, I wanted to be an architect. Okay. Wow. So 
when uh, my grandparents ran a um, construction company and a real estate company. And so whenever we'd go and visit, I'd have take graph paper and I'd draw like the plans of houses. And I loved going to the construction sites and imagining like, you know, I'd walk in and it would just be like the bare bones of the house, you know, the wood structure. <clears throat> and I'd walk in the house and try to imagine what room was what and, you know, where I'd put stuff and just, I don't know. And even when I was in school, and this is something that I can't believe I'm going to say, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think when I was in fourth or fifth grade, we lived at Edwards Air Force Base. And I used to, like, out in the schoolyard, and there were a couple of friends of mine and I, I used to, like, take my heel and draw, like, in the dirt, the plans of a house. Wow. Like, yeah. And, you know, and then we'd, like, walk into the rooms and stuff yeah so really i know cool. <laughs> i know probably why i didn't have any friends <laughs> she's a nerd I didn't imaginary know, yeah. house of nowhere <laughs> she had imaginary friends it was I fun yeah, exactly <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> but um but then when i went to college i realized how much i hated math <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That we've all been there exactly <laughs> So, you know, I was, like, working full-time while I was in college, and, like, you know, I was lost. I didn't know what I was going to do. And um, so, like, I moved in and out of different apartments. I lived up in Lancaster at the time, and uh, I was visiting my aunt and uncle, and they collected art. And they, like, introduced me. They took me to art openings when I would, you know, visit them, and I loved the art on their walls. And I think one day I was there, and I'm like, you know, I want to do more of this. I want to get involved in more of this. So I took an art history class, and this was in 1998, so this was 21 years ago. Um, I took an art history class in Lancaster, and the art history instructor was inspiring. You know, I think if it would have been like a boring art history class, mm -hmm. maybe I wouldn't have been ins as inspired, I don't know. But she, like, made the subject, like wonderful I mean you know I loved it and so I decided to take a painting class the next semester and um, I took it with Cynthia Minette who is she's an artist actually here at the brewery oh very cool um, she introduced the class to the brewery art walk and I came that year and I'm like I'm gonna live here one day and yeah. that was 21 years ago that's amazing yeah and so um, but in her class we went to see a um, exhibition by Sam Francis and also Yayoi Kusama. And I realized, like looking at my paintings now, how much they really influenced everything that I've done, or all my paintings anyway. And, um, and I just like painted and painted and painted, and you know, and that was it. And so I decided, well, I don't want to be a starving artist. <laughs> so <laughs> I started taking all the art history classes because um, I figured I'd teach, you know, mm -hmm. teach art mm -hmm. history. And I decided I transferred to Cal State Northridge to, and got my bachelor's in art history. And then I was going for my master's in art history. And I was still, like, working full time during this. And I was able to teach um, at Antelope Valley College at the time. And then I was also working in the hospitals and emergency rooms and stuff like that. And, um, and then I think I had two years to go of student loans before I was maxed out. And you don't want to know how much that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I switched. I finished all of my coursework in art history. I was working on my um, thesis. And I decided to switch to studio art because I knew I had two years left that I could go to school. And I wanted 
feedback on my own art, I wanted to move my own art forward, and so I finished my master's in um, studio art, in um, Second Life, is mm -hmm. what I got my thesis on, even though I was also um, uh, painting at the time, too. And so, um, so yeah, that's kind of um, like my school history. And then uh, when I graduated in 2010, and I was a late student, you know, I was, I'm 46, so that was, I was uh, 37 when I graduated. Okay. Um, so you're never too old <laughs> to go back to school, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> um, I, like, after I graduated, I wanted, like, I missed the critiques. I missed, you know, being around the other students. And so I started a critique group of my peers that we went to school with, and we met once a month. And it was fantastic. You know, sometimes we still get together. And they're still, like, my best friends. You know, yeah. like, my best friends. And so um, so I started that. And while I was in school, I was the president of the Painting Guild, the president of the Art History Association. So always keeping yourself busy. Yeah. 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 Leader. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know where that came from, actually. <laughs> but I always wanted to get involved uh -huh. and do stuff. And... Um, and I mean, I had like Samantha Fields was my professor in painting at CSUN and she was always about getting involved, yeah. you know, being part of the community. I mean, community was like the biggest thing. And so that's always on my mind is like how, how to bring community together and how to be part of different communities and start community. And so that's like always been there. Um, and then, yeah, so I graduated. I was working in the emergency room at the time um, in Northridge, and, or close to Northridge. And I had actually moved down here to Northridge and while I was going to school. And then I graduated, and I'm like, why am I still in Northridge? <laughs> I'm like, I want to be closer to the art world in L.A. Yeah. I don't want to have to drive to openings from the valley. And so I was single. I could pretty much do whatever I wanted, you know, live anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I found, um, I went on Craigslist and somebody at the brewery was looking for a roommate because I couldn't live here alone. I couldn't afford it on my own. So I moved in here with um, somebody as their roommate for two years. And while I was here, I got to know people and the space I'm in now um, opened up and became available. And I knew I still couldn't afford it on my own, so I'm able to rent out a couple of the spaces to other artists um, as studio space. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can you dive into a little bit about what the brewery is? So it's artists only, and is it run by artists? I'm just curious, is it a co-op? Yeah, no, it's owned by a family, okay. um, the Carlsons. Uh, Whitey Carlson was the grandfather, and he bought the place in like the late 70s, early 80s. And I mean, he bought it, I think, I heard from the, about, he bought it for the sheet metal. He, like, used to own circuses. Oh, wow. And so that's why, like, there's a circus yeah. horse out here on the corner. And um, so I think his wife was in art, and they just decided to turn the buildings into artist lofts. And some of the buildings weren't here at the time. They added them later. Okay. The building I'm in is over 100 years old. Wow. It used to be a gumball machine factory. So cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my gosh. And uh, there's an artist here, Bruce Gray, who actually has the gumball machine. Uh -huh. And if you, like, see an old gumball machine, you lift up the tag, the tab, you know, the metal door, yeah. mm -hmm. and if it has an oak leaf on it. 
it was made here. No way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. And then the building, the uh, smokestack building, um, that's also over 100 years old. And it was like the first um, Edison power plant. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And there's pictures of that building with like, you know, people dressed in Victorian mm-hmm. clothing, clothing in front of it, where presumably it was like the five freeway. I mean, it was, but it was land. It was like just dirt and yeah, it's really, really cool to see. That's awesome. Well, it's got to be such just like a creative space. You're surrounded by other creatives feeding off each other. I mean, I'd imagine, is that pretty unique? So. Um, as far as like a live workspace, there's a couple of others. Uh-huh. There's one Santa Fe Art Colony, okay. which is live work. Um, there's a lot, a lot more like just work only yeah. spaces, which are really cool. Um, but yeah, live work it is pretty unique. That's really awesome. Um, <coughs> excuse me. There's 23 buildings on 16 acres, or vice versa, something like that. Wow. And um, I think there's. They said about 500 creatives that live and work here. Wow. Um, and there's, and that includes, like, there are graphic design offices, architecture mm-hmm. offices. There's painters, sculptors, fashion designers, jewelers. Um, you know, there's, like, we have hip cooks, you know, which is, like, food art. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of really cool things. It's And we have, like, I mean, it's nice because, like, the people that live here, like, we we are able to it's like an apartment complex you know you are you have your own home but when i walk to the mailbox you know sometimes it could take me a half an hour to an hour because i'll see somebody i know and stop and talk and especially like the dog park yeah you know (laughs) if you have a dog you know that's it but um but no it's really it is a great community um my studio mates they had a studio visit and needed a dvd player and Mm -hmm. because there's broke like a half an hour before and they posted we have a facebook group yeah. they posted on the facebook group does anybody have one and they got one oh, you awesome. know it's like things like that it's just it's an amazing community yeah mm-hmm. definitely i love that yeah i figure i'll live here the rest of my life unless i move to europe okay <laughs> that's <laughs> I like awesome the plan. And, then, yeah. Yeah. and then somebody's you know i that's been my plan yeah and then somebody's like but you could do both Right. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> right. I can yes. do it all. Yes. <laughs> and what's awesome. super cool about um, Christine's space that we are currently yeah. in is it's super tall. How tall yeah. do you think it is? Ceiling. Um, I think that at the highest 40? point it's like thirty. Okay. I think it's thirty. And her walls are covered in with art. her art collection. I, awesome pieces. Yeah. I mean, I cannot imagine living in like an apartment with just white walls I mean with nothing on them it you know and then yeah I mean part of it like I was just telling somebody I think it was on Facebook earlier that I do have like this kind of addictive maybe it's more compulsive personality (laughs) you know I see good art and I have a hard time like saying no Mm -hmm. and I mean I'm getting better because I need to start saving money (laughs) rather than like you know oh I, I have 300 in the bank, even though that went towards electricity. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, and some of these are trades, but most of it is, you know, I bought from friends and just artists that I know. And a lot of it's payments. Mm-hmm. You know, I've made payments to the artists and wow. stuff, but um, I haven't even counted how many I have. But I just I love being immersed in art mm-hmm. and, you know, in, in different people's creativity. I like, you know, just, I don't know, it's like the mind of the artist, you know, imagining like what they were thinking, 
you know, or whether it's like emotional or formal, you know, depending or conceptual or whatever it is, you know, every, everyone has a story and I love that. Mm -hmm. And even if I don't know the artist that close, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of these are friends of mine, so yeah. I do know them closer or I know their stories, um, which makes these even more special. But, you know, you can tell from some of the pieces, you know, that that they're special in different ways, too. Mm -hmm. So I want to circle back and talk a little bit about your artwork. Um, and Second Life is <laughs> yeah. really interesting. And I don't know if you can explain what that is, because when I first heard about it, um, <laughs> I had no idea what it is. And yeah. it's super interesting. Yeah. Um, and you know, I know where you got second skin from, from that oh, show. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. And people have done that too. Um, Second Life, it's an online virtual world. So some people may know it as a multiplayer, I always get that mixed up, in MMORPG, I think, and I'm probably not saying that right. It's like a multiplayer, I don't want to say it's a game, because it's not, there's no like in, you're not trying to win points or anything like that. Um, it can be considered like a 3D chat room. So if you're familiar with like The Sims, or just so, so you understand the interface, mm -hmm. like The Sims or World of Warcraft, um, where you create an avatar, you create like this representation of yourself, okay. and you log into this program, and there you are as your avatar. And like that is who you are in this game. You meet people from all over the world. Um, you like buy things, you know, I uploaded my paintings into Second Life and sold them. Wow. I sold them both within Second Life, like the virtual digital copies, and people within Second Life bought them in real life too. So that's which was really yeah, cool. that's yeah. incredible. I made a name for myself as an artist in Second Life. Um, I always talk about, I mean, the first week I was in Second Life, which was October of 2006. Um, my aunt and uncle, who are the ones who took me to, uh, and you, you know, nobody can see this, but I'm using my hands. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, them That's back true. there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> they took me to um, art, the art opening. So they were kind of hippies from the 60s mm. and, you know, very open. And they heard about Second Life from Spin Magazine, the music magazine. And they read that art or that musicians were going into Second Life and having concerts from their home studios to people all over the world within Second Life through their avatars. Wow. So my aunt and uncle went in, you know, thought it was so cool. They're like, oh my God, we met this artist in, you know, in person, Yeah. <laughs> you know, avatar to avatar, mm -hmm. and you need to come in and bring your work, you know, bring my artwork. So I did, and within a week I had like a condo in Second Life. I had like this, you know, perfect ideal body. Um, I had an art gallery, you know, I had uploaded my art. Wow. Um, yeah, I, you know, it was kind of like my ideal self. I, at the time I was living with my parents in Lancaster, I was working on my master's degree. Um, I don't remember if I was working or not. I don't know if I was teaching. Um, I can't remember the years or if I was like at, in the emergency room in Lancaster. I can't remember, but I do remember I was suffocating in real life. You know, I was, like I said, it was my master's degree, which was part-time because mm -hmm. I was like working and trying to make money too, but I was just suffocating. And 
going into Second Life and meeting all of these people from all over the world who are just as creative as I was, like, made me help me breathe. Yeah. And it's crazy to think about because it's just in this computer. Um, and I, I mean, I dated in Second Life. Like, I met a lot of guys yeah. in Second Life. And um, so, you know, it was just, I... I mean, I learned a lot about myself as far as, um, you know, I was like this beautiful woman. And in real life, I didn't feel beautiful. You know, I felt fat and overweight. And it was actually before I realized I had an eating disorder. And through Second Life and also through my master's degree mm -hmm. with in painting with Samantha Fields, um, she started, well, what happened was, um, when I first started the program, I took her images of my avatar and she was looking at them and she's like, so why does your avatar look like this? I'm like, um, <laughs> you know, because, <laughs> and so I really, I mean, part of it was like, you know, you could be anything you yeah. want in second life. There were people who were horses or dogs or wolves or a head of cabbage or a box you yeah. know I mean you could be whatever you wanted mm -hmm. I opted to be this beautiful woman you know because I wasn't in real life or you know that's what my thinking was mm -hmm. that I wasn't in real life and so I couldn't get the same opportunities you know in real life that I was getting in second life and so she wanted me to dive into that and to figure that out and so through her and therapy <laughs> at the time um I realized I had an eating disorder, and I really started to dive deep into body image. And so I started in Second Life to do performance art. And really? um, yeah, it was fascinating. I mean, you know, I was always a painter. You know, I did abstract paintings, mm -hmm. and I did like collage, and that was it. But using Second Life, I started to do more performance art, and you know, like posing nude in Second Life that only recently I was like, I used to do that and I used to like it. And only now I'm doing it in real life, yeah. <laughs> you know, with like my current project. And so, but like <coughs> running the galleries in Second Life, I was like the chairperson for a muscular dystrophy um, fundraiser that we had. I, you know, learned like organization and more leadership and things like that in Second Life that also made me able to do that stuff in real life. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I still, my avatar is still in Second Life. I don't go in as much because I'm just so darn busy yeah. in real life. <laughs> but, um, but it, like, Second Life, I still have a lot of friends in Second Life. A lot of them I've met in real life. Really? Um, yeah, yeah, including some of the guys that I dated. Nice. <laughs> there you go. But, um, but nothing was serious, so. But, um, but it was, like, it was really cool. It yeah. was, you know, it was a really good experience, and there's some fascinating things going on. You know, I mean, the artists that are using VR and AR right yeah. now, a lot of this was happening in Second Life, you know, early on. Wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. So what uh, did your thesis show end up looking like? Yeah, so for my thesis, um, so while I was working on my master's degree, with Second Life, I started doing a project I called the Gracie Kendall Project, which my avatar's name was Gracie Kendall, is Gracie Kendall. Um, and what I would do is I would take a picture of her in Second Life, which was like a computer snapshot, mm -hmm. um, and it was high res, thankfully, <laughs> and I would take a picture of myself 
um, every day. I did it for 159 days. Wow. And I juxtaposed the pictures next to each other. And, and that's what I took into my professor, was just like nine or ten of these pictures, just a picture of me and a picture of her. We would be doing the same things. And while I was studying, I was researching, like, Second Life and, you know, what was going on and the idea of the avatar. And um, there were, like, Victoria Vesna, who's an amazing um, artist and professor at UCLA. She did this piece called Bodies, Inc., which um, it was before Second Life, where you go and create an avatar like based on like I think you can create like a chocolate avatar and like I started really getting into identity uh-huh. and identity art and what that meant and now it's changed a lot and it's almost become kind of cliche but at the time it was you know there was a lot more meat to it and um literally yeah. <laughs> too, but um so I started, like, I was researching everything from, like, there was a study at Stanford, and this is kind of what my, my thesis was based on. Um, there was a study at Stanford that showed that, um, that people who, like, who had an avatar, like, they gave, Stanford, I think, gave people an avatar, and if the avatar was, like, running on a treadmill, the person would want to run on the treadmill. And so you want to kind of do what your avatar was doing. And so, um, so I'm like, that's really interesting. I mean, it was, I mean, they did a lot of studies. Stanford did, Yale did, you know, there were all of these studies going on. And so I started to think, how does my avatar influence me? Mm-hmm. You know, and as, especially as far as body image goes and as far as like dating, as far as could that happen in real life, yeah. you know? And, um, and so my thesis ended up being where I transformed into my avatar. So I did a video and uh, took photos where, uh, like my, um, oh, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> I'm like, oh, let me show you a picture. <laughs> um, you know, she's tall, blonde, you know, kind of curly hair. You know, she wears glasses. Um, she had a nose ring. Um, she smoked a cigarette. Um, and I've never smoked. But it was kind of badass looking. Yeah. So she did wear like jeans and a black t-shirt and chucks, which I used to do. Uh-huh. So there was a little bit of me with her. But she was able to dress very, she was very classy. Mm-hmm. Like wore kind of really nice dresses and, um, and you know, things that I couldn't wear because of my weight, because of my size. And, <coughs> excuse me, um... So what I did was I, for my thesis, at the time, um, my hair was probably a little longer than shoulder length. It was like dark blonde, um, maybe like the color of yours, Catherine, or, and I'm both of you kind of, (laughs) you know, yeah, kind of darker blonde. And she had more platinum blonde. So I went and had my hair colored platinum blonde, which I had done before, but it was for the project. I went and got a nose ring, my first nose ring. Um, I, let's see, I went shopping and, you know, bought clothes that I thought she would wear, which actually she wouldn't have, (laughs) but I really had to consider my own body and what fit me and things like that. And, um, what else? Oh, and at the time, um, I had a solo show of my artwork in Burbank. It was at the Colony Theater Company, like where Ikea was behind Ikea. And it was like, you know, I was able to put up like 20 or 30 paintings in like basically the lobby of this theater. And so I went and took pictures there dressed as Gracie because she had had many solo shows in Second Life. 
And so um, I like published a blurb book, you know, about it, my life as an avatar. Um, and I did a video where I talked about the whole transformation and, you know, the ups and downs. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, because there were both, you know, ups and downs. And, you know, it, it all ended up being where, you know, I, I didn't feel like her. Um, but there's something about the balance, you know, between the two. Yeah. Um, but I also had professional photos taken of me before and after. And then also she turned into me. So in Second Life. So I had somebody in Second Life create an avatar that was like overweight. So, and that was some of the performances I did in Second Life. Um, I was really into Vanessa Beecroft at the time. And um, so my avatar, like I created copies of my avatar in different sizes, you know, from like Gracie to me. And um, like we did this whole standing model, you know, thing, um, nude in Second Life. And so it was, you know, it, I mean, I definitely learned a lot and sometimes I miss her you know I miss it because I'm still not happy with my body you know everything I've done since then is about me learning to love my body and you know it I mean it's still a process and I still don't <laughs> so mm -hmm. but I sometimes I still wish that I was her you know to have I don't know the same opportunities that she had you know being tall and thin and blonde and or to at least tall and thin. I mean, it doesn't matter if she's blonde or not. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so that was my, for the thesis show, um, I had the six portraits on the wall and then the video playing. Mm -hmm. And that was it. And that's what my thesis was about. It's fascinating. So. It's fascinating. <laughs> well, and for me, I am very interested in your work with identity because a lot of my work yeah. has to do with that. But with in pageantry there's a lot of body not shaming but um, critiquing yeah and so I can resonate with some of the feelings that you have where you're never feeling quite happy with your body like you can always critique it yeah you're never good enough mm -hmm. and I mean and I I I totally get and understand that everybody mm -hmm. has issues with their body mm -hmm. no matter whether they're thin fat in between what we think is perfect I mean I totally get that and you know but for me like this project is about me mm -hmm. you know everything in my art is about me it's personal and but I hope it's also universal, you know, and I know it is because I have people say, you know, they saw this and it just reminded them if that's how they're feeling. So, you know, even um, even though it's about being overweight, I totally understand that it's everybody, you mm. know, men, women, I mean, everybody, you know, feels that way. So I don't know. I mean, sometimes I'm like, yeah, but what can we do? <laughs> you know? I mean, how do we get through that? And, you know, I try to think, and I mean, it's interesting, and this is something that I've shared recently. Somehow, and this is my new project that you, that, you know, that I'm working on. Um, like we, I've talked to a lot of people and oftentimes like we take our own validation from how we think others perceive us mm -hmm. and so that's where my new project comes in where I invited artists to paint draw and photograph me nude so I can see how I look through their eyes 
and you know and I thought I'd learned to love my body that way and the artwork is beautiful I mean it's it's really beautiful I still see myself as fat and it's interesting I mean I still I know how my body moves you know in space and in um and so you know kind of getting back to what we were talking about about and I don't remember if this was on the podcast or before. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> we talked, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but just, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like maybe my avatar is like my inner me. Yeah. And that's, I wrote about that in my thesis, too. That, um, you know, like trying to get out. And because, like, my body doesn't move like my avatars does. Or... I sat on the ground the other day for a picture and like I tried to sit in Indian style and I couldn't cross my legs you know and I mean I'm pretty flexible but I was like oh my god <laughs> it was and so actually I'm thinking about another project that has to do with like the way my body moves in space you know but mm-hmm. that's a whole other thing <laughs> <laughs> that's super it is how many um artists have you had um paint photograph are you in into this project at this point yeah um i think we've had five five or six so far um the work all isn't finished i have like a list of about 30 wow so in fact this week i have four or five alone (laughs) that are going to come here and like photograph me and then go home and draw and paint me and stuff but um but yeah i keep adding people and um, there's going to be a catalog and um, I think there's going to be a show. Um, I'm hoping at Cal State Los Angeles. Okay. But it'll be like a year. It'll, which is fine because that'll give you know give me a long time to do the project. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm excited about it. I mean, I'm, you know, it's, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm excited about the project in general. Mm-hmm. You know, as like a project manager. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, and I mean, and I like posing. You know, I, I actually don't mind being this plus-size nude model. Um, but, and you know, and I, again, it was all about me learning to love my body, mm-hmm. and I still have it. Mm-hmm. And that's something I'm learning a lot throughout this whole project is, um, I don't know if, like, we'll ever be happy with our bodies, you know? And I don't know if I will ever love my body, and that's something that I'll have to figure out and live with. And um, so I don't know. So it's not about the end product per se, but for me, it's about the process of getting there, you know, and how I feel in between. And I kind of felt that way. I had a show that was called Plus um, a year ago in January where um, it was kind of the first work I did where I posed nude in real life. Um, at least in public. <laughs> um, I had actually taken, well, twice, I took nude photos of myself. And I'm like, you know, because my work is me. My work is my body. So I'm like, I have to start putting it out there. But I didn't know how, and I wasn't ready. And um, and then I had a friend um, take photos of me, too, because I was going to compare them. It was like a few years after my thesis. I was going to compare myself at that time with myself at my thesis and with Gracie. So, and I may still do that, but I've gained weight since then, so then I'll have to take another one, um, which is gonna be an ongoing thing. But, um, so I was in a hotel room in Ventura, and the door going into the bathroom was like the sliding barn door, but it had frosted glass. 
and I left the light on in the bathroom by mistake and um, the rest of the room was dark and I saw the light coming through and I'm like oh that's kind of cool <laughs> so all I had was my cell phone and I put the cell phone on a bed leaning it against the glass on burst and timer and I got undressed and I went and like leaned against the door and started like posing and taking photos and um and I had like seen work similar like by Jenny Saville Saville Jenny Saville learned her real name the other day during <laughs> this talk. Um, Jenny Saville, um, who did this whole project where she laid on plexiglass. And I mean, the way her body was distorted, I mean, it, gorgeous and beautiful. Yeah. And um, so I started to do that where I like pressed up, you know, mm -hmm. in different poses. And, and I really had fun with it. I took like 350 shots. And so, like, a couple of weeks later, I go home and I showed my friend Kira, who has a space, yeah. and she's like, oh, my God, I want to give you a show. And so I, like, printed out a bunch of pieces from that. And so that was kind of the start of that series. And I found another frosted, fro frosted glass door at a another hotel in Palm Springs. And then my friend, um, I used her glass shower. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was, I was having fun with it. And the glass shower actually was, like, where I was totally nude because it was clear glass. Yeah. And that was more like Jenny Savile. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so from that, um, a friend of mine, and actually he had tried to get me to pose previously. He's doing a project, um, J. Michael Walker, called Bodies Mapping Time. He's done over 80 women, and they're gorgeous. They look like these Renaissance um, like paintings, but they're photographs, the way the light plays, mm -hmm. and like there's flowers and like red fabric, and I mean, these beautiful women of all ages, sizes, colors. Mm -hmm. And he had asked me to do it a while ago, but like I was just busy and things came up. And so he was um, like, without knowing it, he did a photograph of me, which will be in the show. And that was wow. kind of the first one a year ago. And um, so from that, like, I kind of realized how much I dug, you know, posing nude. <laughs> And then another artist invited me, like even before I yeah. did my project, um, she was doing a, um, a, this drawing series of people. Mm -hmm. And she invited me, um, Amanda, to pose for her, and so I did. And that's actually where I came up with the idea, talking to her for my um, project that's tentatively titled Perceive Me. So, <laughs> Ooh, I like that a lot. Yeah, I don't know if the title's going to stay that, okay. but... Um, but we'll, uh, you know, it's the idea of yeah. it, so. I'm really yeah. excited for this show. <laughs> we'll be I, there. I think it's yeah. fascinating. Who were we talking to? Oh, it was Ryan. It was Ryan, From yeah. our last yeah. podcast that was talking about Hi, that series. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ryan. And I was like, I'm so excited to talk to her about this because yeah. it's so interesting. Well, I think it's a topic that so many people can relate to. It yeah. really is universal no matter where you're at or what you look like there's always things you're going to want to be different or look better in yeah and i think that's one of the coolest things about artists is you guys take these maybe their insecurities maybe their barriers and you face them head on yeah and like yeah because you said yeah I, i'm surprised how much i enjoy posing nude. yeah and most people would be yeah totally scared to do that. Absolutely, and you yeah. it. I would. I would be terrified. I can jump out of a plane, <laughs> but if you ask me to pose nude, I would. 
I am just like going like my hands are getting sweaty right now just thinking about it. Like, <laughs> well, kind of like we were talking about earlier, but I'm afraid to eat corn. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know? But I just think it's incredible, and I think people are just going to relate to it so much. Yeah. 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 No, definitely. I hope so. I mean, that's why I'm doing it. Yeah. Is you know, it's about the universal message. You know, to draw attention to how we all feel or. And maybe not all of us, but we also live in Southern California yeah. where we live in the celebrity culture where, you know, actors and actresses are, you know, photoshopped on the covers of magazines. Yep. And not that, you know, I'm saying advertising. I mean, they play a part, but there's so much more. It's, you know, it's how we were raised, mm -hmm. you know, even like peer pressure from friends growing up and, you know, family. And there's just, um, you know... There's an article that I have saved on my computer about like how social media has ruined us. Yeah. <laughs> and I can't wait to read it. And because, you know, I mean, and things happen throughout our culture, throughout the times that we live, you know, that are both good and bad for us. And of course we have to not grow, but you know, we have to be aware of them and yeah, grow from them. And um, sometimes we can't, sometimes we don't know they're happening. You know, like, you know, I didn't know, um, you know, growing up, like, dieting. Or I had a friend that, you know, she was, like, 120 pounds and always dieting. Yeah. And, you know, I didn't know until I realized I had an eating disorder how much that affected me. And, uh, yeah, sometimes we just don't know. And so I hope that I'm able to, you know, just draw awareness somehow. And, you know, it's all about like my assistant, Shelly. She's like my sage. She's like, you know, she's like, you be you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think I may get that tattooed. Oh, you should. <laughs> I, I know. Yeah. yeah. Either that or it's a, what was the other one? You be you or you, no, I think it is you be you. And I've seen that so much lately too. And like, you know, Scott Froshauer, his, um, his stickers say you are enough. You know, because we we have to, like, just be more self-aware. And, you know, especially with, like, so much bullying out there now. You know, whether it's sizeism, mm -hmm. you know, racism, sexism, whatever it is. You know, we have to learn, you know, who we are. And be individual and unique. You know, those that unique self that we are. Mm -hmm. Do you totally. still paint at all? Um... Yes, <laughs> kind of. <laughs> so I, um, you know, I have my loft here at the brewery and I haven't painted in a while um, because part of it is, well, I've been so busy. Mm -hmm. um, the other part is I have like so much other stuff going on in this space. I have shoebox projects in the other room. I have all my other, the other art on, other artists work on the wall. Um, I have my office here, you know, where I shoebox PR and art and cake stuff. And so I, I've had a hard time getting in my own headspace to create my own art. You know, I do it conceptually as, you know, like the Perceive mm -hmm. Me project. You know, I don't have to like lay out drop cloths and stuff. But I have meetings in here. Yeah. And so if I lay out a drop cloth, because I normally paint on the floor, I have to like clean it up. Yeah. So just this month, I got a new studio um, across the street at Keystone Art Space. And um, 
where it's like white walls and it's just my studio you can see it's kind of cleared out in here mm -hmm. and um the only art i have those uh the cake things on the the table there that's part of my art too awesome. i'll tell you about that in a second yeah but um so i wanted i i wanted to paint i mean i you know have like this itch to like just throw the paint on the canvas <laughs> and use a blow dryer and you know and so, um, but I also have a solo show coming up in November in Santa Ana, which is focusing on that type of work. And so, like, I, I needed a space to create that work. And um, I have ideas, which actually don't include painting. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes. I mean, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Where's the gallery in Santa Ana? Uh, it's called Fourth Element Gallery. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a great little gallery. Um, it uh, they've had some really good shows, and they contacted me last year, Laura Black, and um, I was gonna have a show in March, and I just wasn't ready. I, actually, that would be now. Yeah. There was no way <laughs> <laughs> I was ready, so it's November. Okay. So yeah, great. gives you some yeah. time. Yeah, exactly. exactly. There you yeah, go. and so I'm actually learning. Like that's something with everything I'm doing. Um, <coughs> excuse me to like balance yeah and to actually figure out like okay how do I set aside studio time and what is that you know right now it's kind of I'm still like unpacking and organizing and getting it you know mm -hmm. ready I haven't been there in two or three days because like you know I've just had so much going on and meetings and stuff like that but um it <coughs> excuse me um, I was talking about balance. <laughs> See, <laughs> um, you know that it is something I have to learn. Is okay. When am I going to get in the studio? Like you know, and because I've never done that. Like where I've just had time set aside, yeah. you know, to get in there. Um, but I'm looking forward to it, and then I can paint. There you go. <laughs> So, speaking of balance... Do we want to talk about the cake pieces first? Okay. Yeah. You have to describe them, though. Oh, okay. yeah. So our podcast listeners... Yeah. And then we'll take a picture for, yeah. for the gram. Yeah. Um, so, in... Uh, so, last year, for Mother's Day, um, the amazing artist Kim Abeles, um, who's, like, this uh, icon of the art world in L.A., She's like, I'm not worthy. <laughs> I'm like, she's just wonderful. She invited me to be in a show at Keystone because um, she has a studio there too. And it was um, a Mother's Day show. And it was about our complicated relationships with our mothers. And so um, because I have an eating disorder, because my work kind of is all about food, um, I, I've been thinking, I had been thinking a lot about food. And I've started, I think... I start now I don't even remember the timeline um I started like one of my binge foods is yogurt land oh, and so, so good yeah so I started <laughs> saving all of my yogurt land spoons mm. and um and then I'm like what am I going to do th with these and I've been putting stuff in jars and so at first I put the yogurt land spoons in jars along with like these kind of mannequins mm. and paint swatches and like all this stuff and um but then I'm like, no, it has to be something else. And so I bought the vacuum sealer food bags. So I started vacuum sealing the yogurt land spoons. And then, um, and so when I was invited to be in the show, I'm like, what could I do? 
And I decided from the time that Kim invited me um, until the show, I like wrote a letter to my mom, like almost every day. And, but I knew I'd never send it to her, you know, cause it's about the complicated relationship, you know, that we have with our mothers. And, um, and I, so what I did was I wrote those letters and I also took pages from my journal and I shredded them. And I took the shredded parts and I bought, um, actually most of those are bought, the cake, the glass cake dishes that cakes sit in and then you put the glass top on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I bought those and I filled those up with the shredded pieces, the shredded, you know, letters. Um, one of the cake dishes, there's actually five total, but there's only three there. One of them um, I actually got from my grandma's house. It was her cake dish. So, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, and I had those on like this, um, these shelves in the show and it, the piece is called let me eat cake. So, and then I took that, um, and I curated a show called let me eat cake where I invited artists to put in work based on dessert. And so that was a one day show at a post gallery at the time. They do a kamikaze thing once or every July where they invite a different artist to curate a show every day. So it was like, it's kamikaze, totally. Mm. And um, so I did the show Let Me Eat Cake, which was fantastic. Everybody brought food, dessert. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to do Let Me Eat Cake 2, T-O-O, <laughs> um, in June at Blue Roof Studios. Oh, So that's cool. going to come up, yeah. So I'm going to be putting a call out for that art pretty soon, too. But um, but I'm really getting getting into the idea of food and Um, and art and I've been talking to a lot of artists who also deal with that Um, Amanda Maciel Antunes she's going to be in my closet which is something else I do that I haven't talked about (laughs) Um, I love that statement I know Uh, she's going to be in my closet closet. you were once in her closet (laughs) yeah I was in her closet (laughs) great closet (laughs) yep so um, in April I think she's going to be in the closet but she also hosts dinner parties and it's about like culture and um, I don't know what this specific one is going to be but one of the ones she did last time was she invited people to bring a potluck dish that had meaning to them and so um, and they talk about it and so I I've thought a lot about that and I there's a lot of other people who have dinner parties and things and I've thought about um, I and I mean, and I'm, I know I'm all over the place, but <laughs> I've always really been into, like, um, salons and, like, Gertrude Stein and Peggy Guggenheim and, you know, all of these artists gathering and, like, talking and doing cool things. And, and there I go with my hands again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like the, like, swirly yeah. hands. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so I want to do one called Sing for Your Supper where it's going to be, like, I don't think it's going to be monthly, maybe every two or three months. I'll have a salon. In fact, now that I have space, I'm going to get a dinner table in here. And um, everybody that comes has to perform some way, whether it's karaoke. Oh. (laughs) Face your fears, Lisa. But it could be magic. Invite me to challenge Exactly. (laughs) You can throw down some rap. I've heard it. Rap Rap is, like, easier than singing. Oh, there we go. (laughs) But, no, it could be reading poetry, literature, magic. But, you know, you could paint. I mean, whatever type of performing, performance you want to do it, but everybody that comes has to perform it in one way or another. I'm already stressed. So I didn't invite <laughs> So that's like another thing that's on the horizon. That's but incredible. Amanda's going to do one. Um, awesome. So yeah, um, I don't remember why I was 
bringing her up too. <laughs> the idea of art and food and. <laughs> I love it. Is that where um, Art and Cake LA came from? Um, kind of. Uh, my friend Tony, he's my graphic designer. Mm-hmm. When I decided to start Art and Cake, um, we sat down and he's like, okay, what do you want the title to be? <laughs> no, we like sat down and kind of brainstormed okay. and somehow Art and Cake came up and we're like, yeah, I wanted something like there's a, a blog called Two Coats of Paint and um, which I love, like the idea. I wanted it to be quirky, you yeah. know, and memorable and you know, somehow like cake just, I'm like, oh, if we call it art and cake, I could have cake at all the openings, you Perfect. know. I like it. And, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's kind of stuck. And uh, That's great. I do have people sending me press releases for dessert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, that's okay. Yeah. It works. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I'm very proud of it. And, yeah. <laughs> I also wanted to dive into one of your other ventures. Yeah. Um, Shoebox PR. Yeah. So what does that entail? You represent artists and help market them or? Um, yes, yes, and yes. Yes, all of the above. All right. Yeah. And probably a lot so, more. And a yeah. lot more, yeah. Um, Shoebox PR, it's now five years old. Wow. Um, we just turned five years in February. And it started off as more of a PR company um, where we like just did events or, you know, did PR for events like solo shows for mm-hmm. artists. Um, because I'm an artist and I, I kind of knew or I like, I'm like, okay, I need this. So how can I get that? And then how can I help other artists find it? We became more of like a management company. Okay. And then we became like a support network for artists. And now I almost look at us as like an art life coach in a way. So, um, we yeah we've evolved um we still do pr you know we still like send out press releases um i mean we're huge into social media Mm -hmm. so we you know use social media to get the word out there about everything because you have to and a lot of people don't know they -hmm. don't know i still find people who like make facebook events private I'm like, no, if you want to get the word out there, it has to be public, you know? And so, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So, but, um, but it's all about community. Um, You know, we work with artists on a month to month basis and we help them like figure out their goals. Um, We hold them like accountable. We do studio visits and say, okay, did you do your website? Like you said you were going to, or, you know, let's look at your artist statement or, you know, how is this new work coming? You know, maybe think about doing this, you know, or have you thought of doing that? Or, you know, so there's critique in there and coaching. And it's like, really, whatever an artist needs. Yeah. I mean, we are there to offer the resource. And do you select emerging artists you want to work with? Or do they come to you? Um, they come to us. Okay. We don't, you know, because it is fee-based, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, I don't want to be that person that says, oh, hey, we like your work. Come pay us. Uh, yeah, you know? that makes sense. Okay. So, um, the artists like have always come to us mostly word of mouth. We do like advertise yeah. on social media and stuff like that, but basically just from getting the word out there and we curate the artists that we work with. Um, we don't work with everybody. You know, there's been a few artists who we just felt weren't ready. Yeah. And so we do more coaching with them okay. and, you know, sometimes we'll meet with them like once a month or once every couple months until they're ready. Um, but yeah, we like, I do have a certain aesthetic you know, a certain eye that I know, you know, that, that I can help you with. Um, 
and also not even so much the artwork but just the artist you can kind of tell that they're all in mm -hmm. you know sometimes they're just like no I'm too busy to apply for calls for art well you know or I'm too busy to do this or that and I'm like we're more of a collaboration with the artists so we don't do everything otherwise I'd have to charge like three or four times yeah. what we're charging so um you know, if the artist is ready, if they're going to put the work in and if they're going to be involved with everything that we do and everything that we tell them and, you know, help them with, then they're going to go far. And uh, and yeah, um, it's been great. And, you know, like I said, we're evolving. We're already adding new packages. Wow. Some of our artists, you know, they start off emerging, but then they, you know, become these mid-career artists and they're ready to like send out proposals to museums and yeah. gallery, you know, galleries and institutions. And we're starting to do that for them. We added a new package to do that. That's great. So to help them. How many artists do you have, do you think, that you're working with? Um, we normally have anywhere between 20 and 25. And that includes like artists that we work with monthly along with artists like events. So like, you know, there's um, like we just were working with three artists whose events ended in February. So then, you know, that stopped. So, but yeah, anywhere between 20 and 25. And we don't want to go over that, you know, because we don't want to take, you know, attention away from the artists that we're working with and, you know, overwhelm and we know what we can handle too. So, yeah. What do you think the biggest challenge young artists face coming into this industry? Oh, gosh. Um, I guess maybe knowing the art world or knowing, like, what it takes to be an artist today. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, whether it's in art school or whether, you know, you're just an artist, you know, that um, a self-taught artist, you know, you don't realize the importance of social media. You know, it's today is not like it was 20, 30, 40 years ago where, you know, you could join an organization and that's it. You yeah. know, you're seen. Now, I mean, because of the competition out there, because there's just so many different avenues for being seen, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things is, like, professional development for artists. A lot of artists don't know. They, yeah. And yeah. they don't really teach that in school. At least no. where I was going no. to school, maybe there was one or two classes, but it was mainly focused on developing your artist statement or yeah. your resume or maybe putting together your portfolio but really that's it they didn't go beyond and you there's so many different facets to to learn and figure out to be a successful artist I think it is really challenging when you leave grad school and you're like okay now what and I think a lot of that is also like debunking the myth of gallery representation you know, a lot of artists just coming out of grad school think, oh, yeah, I'm going to get gallery rep representation like that. You know, or even artists who want to, you know, make it big, who are self-taught, think, oh, yeah, you know, gallery representation is how I'm going to make it big. It's like, no, that is not true anymore. Galleries are closing left and right. You know, it depends on what the market, you know, is showing, is selling. And, I mean, there's so much more to it. And especially being in Los Angeles, we're about community and we're about the DIY art world where artists are doing it themselves. They're putting on shows by themselves. They're starting galleries and collectives by themselves. They're doing performances and doing these alternative, you know, events by themselves. You have to. They're selling their work by themselves online. 
Um, one of the, the other reason I started um, Shoebox PR is, you know, because I saw the importance of social media. Yeah. Um, I used to, when I was painting more, I probably sold 30 or 40 paintings using Facebook alone. Wow. Just posting them on my timeline. I sold a couple to somebody in Japan, um, one to somebody in the UK, and quite, a, you know, the rest of them, like, all over the U.S., and, you know, and locally, um, just from Facebook, yeah. just from posting. I mean, it has changed a little bit now because, you you know, you have to think about the audience. Like, on Facebook especially, our audience is the art community. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, how many of them are really going to buy your work? I mean, of course, I collect, you know, <laughs> and a lot of artists collect. But then you have to think about the broader audience, like... You know, so you have to do like brewery art walks or open yeah. studios or things like that or Instagram. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I hear stories that, you know, artists are selling their work using Instagram. Curators are looking for work on Instagram, you know, collectors, museums. I hear stories like that all the time. And, you know, I was talking to somebody at a gallery at Bergamon Station and she was curating a show. And I'm like, oh, where did you find the artist? And she's like, Instagram. I'm like how you know I, yeah. what hashtags did you use yeah <laughs> she's like you know I don't know I just went down rabbit holes mm-hmm. you know yeah. so you never know so, yeah yep yep but yeah I mean it happens all the time I have friends like I went to the Palm Springs Art Fair a couple of years ago and um my friend Tony Pinto he's like oh yeah I follow that artist on Instagram <laughs> you know mm-hmm. and it's yeah that's how we Amazing get to know how you connect everyone I know it. Mm-hmm. yeah Yep. And, you know, a lot of artists just don't understand Instagram. They don't want to understand it. It's a time suck. Facebook and Instagram. I just shared a meme on Art and Cake this morning. And it was like the one about, you know, this is what your mom thinks you do. It's artist at the top. And at the bottom, this is what you really do. And you're surfing Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And I mean, it's true. I I wish I could leave social media. Mm -hmm. I mean, almost every day... But, like, I'm a social media artist, Mm -hmm. you know, I, like, that's where I share my nudity, you know, I mean, and there's many reasons for that, you know, as far as censorship, even though I filter, you know, out everything, but, um, you know, social, you know, because of my PR company, you know, that's where my audience is, and so I can't leave social media (laughs) I could take breaks, even though I I don't announce it, you know, I do things quietly, you know, but, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think I probably answered your question. You definitely did. Four times. You definitely did. No, it's great. Well, and like Instagram is a perfect platform for artists because it's completely it's visual, visual based. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You know, I mean, I cannot like I have a list of things that artists should and shouldn't do, mm-hmm. um, and I cannot stress to my artist, to any artist, the importance of good photos. I mean, I have learned over time, like, you know, I mean, and most artists should know about composition and color and stuff. Having, I mean, as an artist, you have to have a good phone that takes good photos. And you have to, like, you know, especially sharing them or or professional photos of your artwork. That is going to make all the difference for getting your work seen and recognized on social media. Because I've seen, you know, work that is you know on Instagram and like I'll look on Instagram at the work and then I'll see it in real life and it doesn't even look yeah. you know the same yeah. and of course it never will but you want it as close as possible absolutely mm-hmm. so for sure 
Do you have people working with you with the PR company, or is it just a one-woman <laughs> show with 25 yeah. other artists? Oh, gosh. No, I have an amazing team. Okay. <laughs> I have um, Shelly, Chelsea, Emily, and Marianne, and um, they're all part-time. Shelly's almost full-time, but um, they do my social media. Shelly's my right-hand, you know, person for like helping keep things organized we have spreadsheets you know of like to keep our clients organized to keep their shows their press everything organized um emily does proposals she's my bookkeeper marianne sends out press and does calendar listings and helps with advertising and so no i have an amazing team okay and it's it's great you know i mean it's we're all women and you know i mean of course, I'd hire anybody. Yeah. It just so happens that we're all women, <laughs> and so I'm like girl power. <laughs> Heck yeah! yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> so I've seen um, a bunch of different shows that you've curated or you've been a juror for. Mm-hmm. Um, can you dive into that a little bit? Um, just because I think that the brain shifts from being an artist to when you are curating a show? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Um, or a good, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that was a question. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it was. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm actually, I, I disagree. I don't think the brain shifts. Okay. I think that, yeah, I mean, it's your eye. It's like, you know what you see, um, you know, and I, you know, I think of myself as a cultural producer. Um, Sharon Loudon wrote the book, um, The Artist as Cultural Producer. And she, there's like 40 essays about artists or by artists that do like wear many hats. And so it's all their art, you know, everything that they do. Um, like shoebox PR is my art. Art and cake is my art. Curating is my art. But you know, and oftentimes, like, for instance, the Let Me Eat Cake show came from my art. So, you know, I think, I mean, the ideas, you know, especially because of conceptual art, it's all about the idea. And I curated a show at launch um, last September. Yeah, I think it was, it was like a year and a half ago now. Gosh. Um, and it was called The Nature of Reality. Or the real, yeah, wait. The reality of nature. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the reality of nature. I think it was the, yes, the reality of nature. <laughs> what time is it? <laughs> we didn't even drink wine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> this is a water only podcast. Yeah. Yeah. We're being good tonight. Rare yeah. for us. Yeah, very rare. <laughs> oh, darn. <laughs> um, but it was because I, well, I thought of the idea. Um, after Trump was elected and like there was so much talk about climate change and the environment and like there was the environmental or the like the science march I think and my brother had posted something on Facebook about like climate change and and I just thought about it and I know so many artists whose work is about nature and and about science and and I'm like you know I want to put a show together about that so um, I proposed it to James at launch and you know he went for it and um and you know I it was fantastic it was um it was a beautiful show I don't like as a curator and every curator is different like I didn't have a vision of how the show would look 
until I got the work in there. Um, the gallery is kind of smaller, and so, um, you know, I knew what the work was and basically what the size was and everything, but, um, but then once it got in there, I think I have a really good eye for placement, you know, for sight lines, for, you know, colors, and, and even, like, I love placing work next to each other that has good conversations, you know, whether subject matter, weather color, you know, whatever it is, you know, conceptually. Um, so it kind of starts with the idea and then, you know, shifts from there. But I think, you know, it is the same with my art. Even when I paint, you know, I don't really have like the composition in mind. You know, when I start, I just kind of go for it, <laughs> throw the paint down, and, mm -hmm. and then I play with color. And then I'm like, okay, this color goes good next to this color, or that shape will go good next to that shape, or, you know, things like that. And then I finish it, you know, by like drawing or, you know, whatever else I do. Um, so, so, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it is the same. Um, juring is a little different. I've been juring a little more lately. I just juried a show at uh, Studio Channel Islands, and it was more of a collector show. <laughs> um, so it wasn't necessarily theme-based or anything like that. But, I mean, there was, I don't remember, three or 400 pieces of art. And, I mean, it's, it's I, every time I do it, I'm like, I'm not going to jury again. It is so hard having to say no. Mm -hmm. I mean, I hate that part. Because there's so much good work, too, and it's like, you can't put it all in. And, like, I, I'm able to go and look and see, like, put together a cohesive show in my mind. You know, I'm like, you know, I like that work, but it's not going to go with the rest of the work. And so um, I did that for a show at, um, I juried a show at uh, Art Gallery in Altadena, and it was, like, a mixed media show. And the same thing. I mean, I knew a lot of the artists I rejected, and especially because I'm out there in the art world more, I know a lot of the artists that I reject. Mm -hmm. and I feel so guilty. <laughs> I'm like, but it's like I tell my artists, you know, and this is because I have this experience now, you know, it's not you. <laughs> You know, it's just that it didn't go with the show that the juror chose. Mm -hmm. And, like, I am so proud of the show at ARC. You know, it just, I also helped curate it. So I was able to, you know, place the work, you know, in context with each other, too. And, and a lot of times as a juror, you can't do that. And that's what I love is, you know, the placement and seeing it all come together. Like, I haven't seen the show at Studio Channel Islands yet. I'm going on the 23rd to a fundraising event there. And, um, and you know, but the pictures, it really looks great. So that's really exciting to kind of see that end result. Mm -hmm. So, and then the Let Me Cake shows um, that I'm doing, you know, I have, like, those are fun. And those, like, I don't have a plan for curation per se, um, it depends on what work comes in, but I love the concept of putting the whole show together and like having this buffet of dessert that people are going to eat and, you know, and seeing like the other thing I love about during is seeing new artists and, and seeing how creative they are. You know, a lot of the artists that for the last, um, let me cake show, they hadn't created work about dessert before. And like they did something different and it pushed them out of their comfort zone. And now they're doing different things because of it. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love is like helping push artists, 
you know, in a different direction and make them experiment, you know, experimentation. Absolutely. Is, you know, it's, it's important to, you know, being an artist today too. And it's important to hear from a juror's perspective that it wasn't, it's not always the right fit in the show. And so an artist shouldn't be discouraged that they didn't make it into that show because it couldn't, it could be that their piece is great, but it's just not great for that show when you put it all together. Exactly. And you know, one thing, and I'm, I'm so sorry that I wasn't able to do it this time, but in the future, um, I, I want to be able to tell those artists that didn't get in, you know, explain why. Yeah. Whether it was a personal choice, you know, because their photographs weren't very good. Or, you know, I, I just thought that, I don't know, for whatever reason, I don't want to say exactly, but um, Sharon Loudon, again, she's just, she's an amazing inspiration. She did that for like 900 artists. Wow. She juried a show and she responded to every single one. And she, like, I just, I want to be here with her. I mean, she's, like, an an amazing supporter of the art world. And I look to her as this mentor, whether she thinks so or not. But, um, you know, I want to be able to give that feedback to artists and, you know, to let them know. And and I I haven't done it yet. And, you know, I'm sorry. (laughs) But, you know, if I jury again, I'm going to do that for sure. (laughs) Just add one more thing. I know. know. (laughs) Exactly. Who needs sleep? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's the little things, though. I mean, I do a lot of big things, but I I actually enjoy juring and curate. Mm -hmm. Well, juring is one thing because you can jury and then that's it. Yeah. You know, Um, curating is another because you're there from start to finish. Um, but I also love giving talks, you know, like this podcast. Yeah. I, you know, I learn about myself, <laughs> you know, through these. And it's amazing, like, I come up with ideas like, oh, I never thought of that before. It's so important, like, just to talk things out. And, like, I tell my artists, I said, I, you know, I tell them, have a sketchbook, have a journal. Because it's amazing, like, when we write or, you know, talk or just, yeah, how much we learn. And, but... I mean, it's fun, too. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm doing more professional development talks lately and, um, and more portfolio reviews, which I think is exciting. Because, like I said, it's always cool seeing, like, new artists mm-hmm. and seeing new work and um, just seeing what artists are doing. Yeah. Definitely. I think we haven't talked yet about um, shoebox projects. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> I yeah, mean, I enjoy shoebox uh, projects mainly because I got the closet opportunity. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, like I said, I'm all about like supporting artists and creating community and giving artists like opportunity. Um, I when I moved into the space at the brewery, I knew like immediately as soon as I walked in and saw the space, I'm like, okay, I could live on this side. And there's three spaces that I could rent out a studio space. So I rented out the downstairs where Shoebox Projects is now. And then I rented out, there's two like loft areas upstairs that I rented out to separate artists' studios. And I'm like, it's perfect. There's like this energy, you know, it was great. And then like well, somebody moved out from downstairs and I'm like, you know, why not turn it into like a, this alternative art space? You know, like... Um, excuse me, a gallery. And I don't want to run a gallery. I I was just telling a friend about this. I like, 
I'm not good at selling work. <laughs> I'm not a salesman. I'm a saleswoman. I, um, I mean, uh, that's a whole other animal. Yeah. I like, I don't even understand the value of money. I'm like, somebody <laughs> can put down $10,000 on a piece of art like that. And I'm like, I, there's no, I, I just don't understand that at all. So I'll let people who know how to do that, do that. Um, but I have this space and it's like, why not be able to give artists the opportunity to, to like create work if they don't have a studio or just like a new space, just like I needed at Keystone to like get out of their other headspace yeah. into a different one. And so like I put a call out for proposals for the shoebox project space and it's like 15 by 18 feet. So it's not that big, you know, just big enough. And, um, but I'm like, you know, anybody would want a space, you know, to create. And um, we had, I think it was two years in November, something like that, or three years. I don't know, time flies. <laughs> and, um, and it may have been, I may have even invited artists at first, and then I put a call out. And it was fun. I mean, we, you know, it, just seeing what the artists created in there was so fun. And then, um, and, and what we've done the whole time is residencies where the artist has the space for three or six weeks and they create work and then at the end of the show they have like a pop-up of the work that they create and then that's it it comes down after that wow. so um so and then every once in a while like if there's space i'll do like a little show like yeah. i had a couple of postcard shows for um where like 100 percent of the proceeds went to uh planned parenthood the trevor project and um uh-oh what was the other one? Oh my gosh. ACLU? I think the ACLU. <laughs> um, and so, you know, where I had people send in postcards. So I like doing things yeah. like that. I had a feminist show. Yeah. And I've been able to offer a couple of my artists like solo shows when there were openings and things like that. Um, and then uh, we were doing a studio visit with one of our artists, Kathy, and it was me and Shelly and Diane who worked with us at the time. And Diane has a, had a studio in her shed in the backyard. And she's like, you know, I'm building my new studio in my home. Um, I don't know what to do with the shed. And so we're like, well, why don't you have shows? And so she's like, that's a great idea. So we were talking about it. And Kathy's like, I have the shed. I have, she has like this Polynesian hut in her backyard. We're like, that's so cool. Somehow, like we were laughing the whole time. We were having this great talk I mean it was fantastic and then we formed the shed collective <laughs> I love just it. like that yeah yeah and I'm like but I don't have a shed yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like I have a broom closet <laughs> yes so I turned I like took yeah. out all my brooms and mops yep. painted the whole thing um, and turn my broom closet into a little gallery space. And it's like 24 it by 20 inches. So tiny. It's small, yes. yes. It's tiny. And, um, and you know, you even thought it was bigger. I did. I did. That's, I obviously wasn't... I couldn't, like, visualize. Yeah. I was yeah. Like, yeah. probably fine. Yeah. And then I Give came and visited. I'm like, oh, no. I know. She came out of the office. She was like, it was a bit smaller than I thought. And then when I came for the show, I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Does she fit? Yeah. Well, the first couple of um, installations in there, the very first one was my friend Martin Cox. And he was an artist with Shoebox, and then he came for a consultation. And he was working on this project called the Museum of Ennui. 
And he did it in Iceland. He was doing a residency there where he invited artists to send him like representations of ennui, which is like this French term for kind of boredom. And, um, and so he put in like this glass vitrine in um, Iceland, the Museum of Ennui. And I mean, really, really cool. He made a website for it, the whole bit. So we had a consultation and I'm like, why don't you like ask your friends if you could use their closets yeah. and have these like pop-up shows in your friends' closets, you know, or things like yeah. that. I'm like, how cool would that be? And then like a few months later, I'm like, he has to be the first one. Yeah. So he put the Museum of Ennui. He painted the door. He had like text on the door. He had like all of this text as if it was a museum. I mean, it is a museum, but you know, like uh-huh. all the research and stuff like that. And it was great. You could go inside and close the door and like you could move around. And, um, and there was even sound, which was oh, really wow. cool. So then the second artist um, was Kim Abelies. And she created, she actually took off the door and put her own door on that had like this confessional window type thing in there. And she padded the walls and she had like this light above. She put in this frosted glass thing um, with material on it. And it was a sound installation. So you're in there and all you're hearing is for like the last 20, 30 years, I think, I can't remember the time span. She like um, recorded herself a minute a day, whatever she was doing. And so that was part of the recording. She did it as part of her Guggenheim fellowship. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So she did it. So she's like, you know, I haven't had a chance to actually put it together. She did it there. And then my friend Danny saw it and invited her to do it um, at Jordan and Ray. Oh, my gosh. And so, yeah, but it was so cool. And so we had three or four after that, including yours. Mm -hmm. And, um, And they've been wonderful. Yeah. So um, Heather Lowe is in there right now, and she has uh, she does lenticulars, and she put in um, like in the mail, you know, on like a lot of the like spam mail that you get, um, it like has the missing. I think it's for coupons, like for food type coupons, and it has the pictures of people that are missing, and so she took like all of those that she saved, and there's a lot of them, and then she replaced a lot of the pictures with people that she knew like both young and old and it's all about identity and like who are you and you know it's it's really really powerful and um and then yeah we have like a few more coming up that I'm not sure because actually shoebox projects I think I'm gonna like put it on hiatus um after September October and or and actually I say that but we were just talking about it in our meeting and we may actually just change the programming and make it longer. I know. Oh, yeah. This is like my life. So in order this to is, cut it, I decided yeah. to extend it another yeah. year. Yeah. yeah. And then we'll reconsider cutting it again. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know that. Remember I said, like, I made that list, everything that's on yeah. my plate. So Shoebox Projects was something that I'm like, maybe I could, like, take that off my plate. And then I got bumped to priority one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> well, this month alone, I have three events in there. Wow. And it's a lot of work because yeah. I have to be here for three hours on those Sundays, yeah. you know, hosting. And I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> so, but, um, but yeah, we may change it up. So I won't have to do that. We'll see. We may do curatorial actually That's where somebody cool. else will take it on. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so we're still thinking yeah. about that, but <laughs> that's in the works. Yeah. But, um, but it's, you know, I've been thrilled with it. Like 
like I said, being able to give artists an opportunity, whether it's the closet or, you know, the main shoebox project space, um, you know, and they've been so fun. They're in shoebox projects. One of the residencies was uh, Robert Sufian and Francisco Alvarado. It may be my favorite. I mean, there's really, really good, you know, installations and stuff, but they were there like almost every day, like working together, creating art, whether it was painting or printmaking or, you know, they were collaborating on pieces. And my office was upstairs at the time and I would listen to them and like the banter, you know, between them, I would bust up laughing. I mean, yeah. it was like the energy there was just so great. It was just, and I was thinking about like, if I do it again, that I'm like, oh, maybe collaborations like that. Yeah. I don't know if I could get that same energy though, but, um, but it was like, I'm like, this is what it's about. Yeah. This is why I did it, you know? And, uh, and so I'm proud of that <laughs> for sure. I love it. I love it. Oh, so cool. I love you have everything so much going on. It's incredible. Before we forget. Yeah. I, I mean, you have so many different Instagrams. Yeah, you have to plug everything. Yeah. Where and we'll would, tag you and everything, but we'll oh, plug it you. too. Yeah. Thank you. Where would people go if they were looking for um, like the shoebox shoe uh, PR? Um, well, they could go to our website, shoeboxpr.com. Um, our Instagram is shoebox underscore PR and um, Facebook is shoebox PR. Perfect. Okay. So, yeah. And then you have yeah. the art and cake. Yeah. And I think um, art and cake, oh my gosh, is, I think it's artandcakela.com. I don't know. I had to add the LA, I think, because art and cake was taken. I think you're right. And, yeah. I had to go there recently. <laughs> yeah. So Instagram, I think, is either Art and Cake or Art it's and Cake LA. Art and Cake LA. I try to keep it, and that's another tip for artists. Try and be consistent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, like, I couldn't with Shoebox PR. Yeah. Somebody had Shoebox PR on Instagram. You're like, what and the heck, I man? contacted yeah. them because they hadn't used it in ages, but never heard anything. Ugh, so no I know. I know. So, um, yeah. And then Shoebox Projects is also, I think, Shoebox Projects LA. It is. Yep. Yeah. But the website shoebox projects. Okay. So. And then you have your own Instagram. Yeah, which is just Christine Shoemaker, my first and last name. Okay. And my website's christineshoemaker.net. Yeah. I think I have .com too. I think when I went to get my website, um, .com was taken. Christine Shoemaker. I would have had to pay like a few thousand dollars. Yeah. Who's the other Christine like, uh, out there? There was nobody using it, what? so it's like I think like Someone's companies come and yeah. Bought, yeah. So I got ChristineShoemaker.net, and then a couple of years later, I decided to check, and it was available for like yeah. the twelve ninety nine or something. And I'm like, oh, now I can get it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> uh. So awesome. I think uh, we can uh, wrap it up. But um, I reached out and asked you to do a featured artist. Yeah. Were you able to pick <laughs> <someone>? yeah. <laughs> That was like very hard. Like I told you, I'm like, oh my gosh, how do you like choose? It's like, I mean, I want to feature all of my clients, of course. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of artists that are my favorites. 
I mean, not my favorites, yeah. but I mean that I'm influenced by, yeah. inspired by. I have so many friends that are artists. So this is a shout out to all of you. <laughs> but um, like the first one that came to mind is my friend Leonard. And um, we're working with him on promoting his exhibition at MOA, um, MOA Cedar. And like his work is, I'm pointing at it, it's the jester, the pole. Oh, okay. Um, okay. His work, it's, the show is called Fairyland. And I also wrote about him in, um, oh, wait, no, I didn't. I wrote a blog post, and then people told me, no, you better not publish that. So. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, it was like my musings on the art world. <laughs> but um, I would love to read it. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> you would too. Yeah. You would probably find it fascinating. I would find it so yeah. fascinating. I mean, and I think it, I I'm don't completely even... unbiased in the art world. I've been yeah. in it for three weeks, so. <laughs> um, but I talk about Leonard, um, and I'm going to moderate a talk that um, we're doing on March 23rd at MOA in Lancaster, Museum of Art and History. Um, but Leonard, I've known Leonard for three or four years now, and he is like a true artist's artist. I mean, this is, you know, what I call him. He's not in it for the art market. He's not in it for the money. He, it's his passion. It's his craft. It's like his poetry. It's his vision and his like excitement and you know he's he's like the ultimate craftsman I mean he sews and he has like holes in his fingers from sewing and you know and he paints and he's like this amazing painter and illustrator and he's just when we talk like when I do studio visits with him we're always laughing and smiling and we're both like maximalists and so, you know, you could see, like, with all the art on the walls here, you know, we love stuff. And I, you know, it's funny because, I mean, I wear a lot of black and plain colors, you know, but I love, like, the Baroque and the Rococo and, you know, and he loves that and he loves art history. And um, so he's like, I don't know, I can't say enough about Leonard. I just adore him. And, um, and his work, like, his show just blows me away seeing all of the work that he put into it you know he painted the walls like reds and yellows and blues to like go with the work um can you explain a little bit about what his work looks like yeah it's like the the um Oh gosh, it's very neo-baroque, I think is a good way to describe it. Um, he paints a lot of figures from like, um, from like Christianity or from mythology or like he brings in a lot of different um, elements from different places. And, but they're all very, I mean, they're, and they're all from his, um, or what's the, I don't, I, I don't want to get this wrong or anything, but, um, like it all has to do with his life. I mean, you know, he, the show is called Fairyland, um, and Leonard is, you know, comes from the LGBTQ world and, you know, it's just about how he was raised in his Catholic upbringing. And so, um, like there's, he has like St. Anthony and I mean, there, there's just, there's a lot of penises. <laughs> <laughs> so, always a good thing to have. Thing. <laughs> I know, exactly. But, um, yeah, and he, like, the work is, it's both painting and sculpture that, like, he sews. And, you know, he creates, like, these these figurative sculptures. And, 
I mean, it's very, like, if you think of, like, Carnival and um, Mardi Gras and, like, all of these different things brought together and, you know, mixed together. And, like, each figure has a personality, each, um, each sculpture that he has. And every element of his work, like, every detail is thought out. You know, he has, he created this really cool cross. And on the back of it, he put another little, like, figure that you wouldn't know unless you actually looked at the whole thing in the round. And um, it's just, I love that attention to detail. Yeah, there we go, that he puts in there. Wow. And, I mean, and the figures are funny and sad and powerful and dramatic and... Um, and they have, I mean, they are, they almost have conversations with each other and, um, he's just, I, like I said, I adore him and, and his life and his, you know, he's in the studio every single day and he's working on his art at night and in the car, you know, and he loves his pugs and, and his husband and, you know, it's, he has like dinner parties and yeah, he's just, um, I'm I'm very lucky to know him and be a friend of his. Yeah. So Do you know amazing. if he has an Instagram? Yeah, I'm sure. Um, is it? It may be just Leonard Greco. Okay. Is it? It's either yeah, L E O N A R D G R E C O. I'm like I'm really bad because I'm not the one who posts on Instagram. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think uh, it's um I think Shelly's posting for him. Great. But yeah, well, it's either we'll share his yeah. information yeah, on there and his upcoming gallery day or the opening everything. Yeah. It um, you know, like being in the art world, and and this is actually something I wrote in this blog post <laughs> that I'll just relay. give it to me. I know. <laughs> this is ready. I know. Here's the meat. No. No, it's, I struggle, like, with my place in the art world, with where I want to be in the art world, because I wear so many hats, because my artists have so many different goals, I have to kind of be informed about everything, but I realize, like, there's some things I hate, (laughs) and, you know, I don't want to like things, like, I don't like the art market. I don't like that there's this one percent of artists that sell for millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, I I mean, for me, it's the Leonard's of the art world. Yeah. You know, it's um, Gary Brewer is one of my writers for Art and Cake, and his writing is so passionate, and his work is so passionate, and you know, I just love that. Of course, you know, he wants to sell, and artists want to make money, which you know, I totally get, and you know, I mean, I. I don't, I mean, I don't know. I've never actually wanted to like live off of my art. I, I couldn't do that. Not because I couldn't, but just because that's not who I am. But, um, you know, I just, artists who are in it just to create conversations and just to express themselves and communicate. And, you know, that's the art world that I want to be in, you know, that I support that, you know, watching like the Franciscos and Roberts, you know, who are just doing it. And it's, you know, and I struggle a lot with like that place. And, um, and yeah, the blog post went into a lot of that. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) It was kind of like the stream of consciousness journal writing. And they're like, you have to think about your reputation. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, it's great that you talk about that you struggle finding your place because you um, are wanting a community of artists that are truly artists. Yeah. But you create that. Yeah, you yeah absolutely. You create this community yeah, that I you so. so want. And I think yeah. that's so inspiring. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I mean, absolutely. I, you know, when, um, when I was in therapy and um, for my eating disorder, when it first happened or when I first realized I had an eating disorder, um, I was I was still in school. I was going to Pepperdine Community Counseling Center. If you don't know, it's fantastic. They're on a sliding scale. I cannot recommend them enough. <laughs> but um, I was talking to the therapist, and she was like, or I think I said something, and maybe I was even talking about Second Life or something, and I'm like, you know, I mean, I'd love to dress like an artist or... Um, something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember exactly what it was. And she's like, but don't you want to be, you know, I mean, yeah. it was like all about, like, I was always like skirting it. Like, I, I don't know. I couldn't imagine myself in the art world or as an artist. And she was like, but Christine, you are, you know, and like, I changed my perception and it was all about, you know, being, um, yeah, like being a part of that, or I don't know, there's a quote, and of course now I'm not going to be able to think of it. I use it a lot in Second Life. Um, I'll have to send it to you. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, like, please I will do. Share it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it was, it's about identity, or like, don't be afraid to be who you want to be, basically. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of fears, getting back to like circling around about that, it's like, you know, I really took that to heart. And, you know, of course, and then I did another talk and I'm like, well, you know, my profile picture is like I'm standing in the power yeah. stance. And uh, so in this talk, I'm like, well, you know, they say fake it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. You know, the confidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, I try and have confidence, but but yeah, it's just about, you know, facing that fear and learning to um I don't know, getting back to like loving who you are, whether it's overweight or, you know, I can, I love my personality, but you know, that's a whole other thing. (laughs) So, (laughs) Do you want to talk about your news article or do you want to wrap it up? Um, where are we at? We're at almost two hours. (laughs) I I think it's time we wrap it up. We have to be Ryan. (laughs) All right, we're going (laughs) for it. He's going to love all the shout-outs so much. <laughs> What's the article? All right. So. She oh, really man. wanted to get your uh, perspective Uh-oh. on it. All right. So, have you heard of Pig Casso? Yes. You have. Yes. See, I hadn't, and I was she, like, do you, do you mean Picasso? It was really fun. No. Yes. So, I walk in. I'm like, hey, have you heard of uh, Pig Casso? And she goes, Yes, just so angry, and I was like, "Oh, really?" So this is like old news, and she was like, "He's like a great," and I was like, "No, Pig Casso," and she was like, "Oh no, I haven't." Actually, that video has been going all over Facebook lately. That's where I saw yes. it. It was the easiest yes. art news I, I found. Literally it. not seen this. Okay, at so all. essentially, it is this pig, and um, he does paint, and his paintings are selling for like. Anywhere from like twenty five thousand to like thirty thousand dollars, <laughs> and Swatch picked him up, 
Um, really? I yep. didn't read that. Yep. So a watch company now sells special like Wait, swatch is still around? Yeah. Right? Oh. <laughs> Word. Take that swatch. That's a non-sponsored <laughs> content. With a pig artist. Yeah. Um, so like, like this pig's art is like sponsored and like commissioned. Um, how does that make you feel as artist? I'd be pissed. <laughs> she like, told me that. There's nothing conceptual behind it. And I there's literally no was meaning. getting so angry in the car, and I was like, I need to check my feelings. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I love it, because I want to hear about it. Because, um, All right, so as Ryan said, for art to be meaningful, it needs to be clear, concise, unique, and argumentative. And his work is none of that. The pigs? The pigs' work is none of yeah. that. Well, it could be argumentative. It depends it's argumentative. On so you yeah. will hit one yeah. mark. Yeah. But yeah, let's hear from the artists. That's you guys. Well, I think, I mean, it depends on who buys it. I mean, whether, I mean, clear, concise, meaningful, you know, it could be to the person who buys it. You oh. never know. You never know. Not what I expected. <laughs> but... You know, I mean, like, listening to me talk about Leonard and, you know, the artists, like, being passionate about their work. Is the pig passionate about their right? work? Right. I mean, you know, it's, I mean, it's a gimmick. You it's know, a gimmick. it's like Swatch is just buying into, you know. The viralness of the Yeah, video. it's going to go away. Yeah. It's not going to last. I, I just mean, can't believe it's worth selling for so much. Well, and you said that it was some a lot. Of them, some of the money does go oh, to, some of it does. Um, or I'm not sure. The percentage, maybe it's all of it, but to, to charity? like to like to stop slaughterhouses, I believe. Oh, yeah. See, in that case, that's yeah. cool, and that's probably what the people are buying. Yeah. They're donating, you know, yeah. the money they get a write off. You know, that's cool. Yeah. In that case, um, but if you know, if it's just a gimmick, then I'm like, really? But people have been doing that for yeah hundreds of years. You know, it's not going to stop. I don't know. <laughs> Anything? Uh, I'm trying to go back to my feelings because I was like, oh, Christine's I'm, so right. Yeah. <laughs> go, go, but give me the raw emotion. I know. I think I, think I was... Um, I of, could do better. No, <laughs> You were steaming. You were steaming in the car. Um, I think partly because, like, as artists, you work so hard, and uh, it makes... I get... Um, Upset yeah. when uh, it's a pig doing artwork. Yeah, because I don't know. I'm a conceptual artist, so it's all about the idea. Yeah, and so I'm like, but what is the idea behind it? Yeah, um, it's also I when I see like child painters that are supposed to be these amazing artists that are being bought for ten thousand yeah. dollars, and I. I think I value the idea behind art so much that I can't buy into pig art or child art all the time. Not that child art isn't valuable, yeah. but I worry that the, <clears throat> especially with children art, if you're buying it for $10,000, it's setting a child up for almost failure, because then where do you go from there? Exactly. Um, but yeah, I just can't buy into the pig art. Unless it's for slaughterhouse, he doesn't and go by pig cool. art. He goes by Picasso. I can't, I can't so call can him you Picasso. please uh, stay on his brand and respect it? Thank I'm you. I'm sorry, Picasso. <laughs> Picasso. <laughs> you know what? I haven't seen his art either, Picasso, and I might really enjoy it. 
You wouldn't. I, no, I, you wouldn't. I can I tell you right really now. I can't really judge it. Abstract expressionist, you know, a little yeah. decoding, a little, you know, Franz Klein, a little. <laughs> is the pig enjoying it as he goes about? Is that why the video it, it is It's hard so? to say. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. if there's true true joy. I don't think they, like, strap, like, a emotion <laughs> heart rate monitor on him to, to test him out. But is, is he yeah. holding the it's brush It's in his mouth, himself? yeah. And he's, like, going and he's to like, town? I mean, it could be cool. <laughs> you know, I try and, like, you know, I don't want to be serious. Or <laughs> I try to think there's a place for every artist in the world. Oh, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it so much. Oh, All Picasso, right. this is for you. On that note, shouts to Picasso for yeah. ending on a high note. <laughs> uh, so, as always, you can find us on Instagram at Art Podcast. Are you kidding me right now? I am. I kidding you? You can find us on Instagram at Art World Podcast. <laughs> I just spit out the world. Man. We are struggling. This is our first like non wine podcast and it's we're just losing it. This I do better on without yeah. It's insane. It's insane. Yeah. We're not editing this out. We're not that good at edits. Alright. Find us at Art World Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, theartworldpodcast.com. And of course, smash that five star button. Hit us with that five star review. I don't want any criticism this week, so uh, leave your crits for next week. Thank you. Aww. Love you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, my gosh.